All right, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Atlanta. Southeast, East Coast, West Coast, wherever you are. Good morning, thank you for being here. And I finally, I gotta tell you something. Sheila, I gotta tell you something. I finally discovered why the earth is flat. Can why I tell is you that? the earth flat, Giovanni? Let me tell you why. Because 70% of the earth is water and virtually none of it is carbonated. So the earth is in fact flat. <laughs> oh my God, Giovanni. The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here today. I have one of my, my one of my favorite human beings in the planet. You know, there is such a thing, there's a saying that uh, in order for a man to grow, the community has to help him grow. And today we have one of my ultimate, I don't know, I don't know how to frame Sheila, who you are for me, um, someone in, in, in the, in some degree, the, the 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 domino effect of the your leadership created an entire community to be able to raise me. Mm. And uh, and if anyone had had been close to me 15 years ago, they would have put the money on if it on the, the money on it wasn't possible. Mm. To shift the way I used to think, the way I used to see things, the way I used to behave, the lack of awareness of my actions were so immense. And, and as a result of your leadership, I get to live a different life. And so thank you. And thank you. Thank you for being here. I have such a great admiration for who you are, mm. for the world, for the planet, and certainly for me. But but I just got overwhelmed by who you are for me. So I'm going to just get us going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. And then we go from there, Sheila. Okay. I want to just share a little bit of who Sheila is in the, in the world. It's a tip of the iceberg for the possibility that her life has been. And then we're going to jump into this conversation. So this is just a little bit about Sheila. She's currently the founder and CEO of St. James Media, a company created to empower people, society, and and humanity through empowerment, coaching, consulting, and media. She's the author and facilitator of 2020, The Next Five Years, an empowering coaching series designed for you to create a blueprint and live an imprint by fulfilling your purpose and realizing your goals. She's also the creator and host of Sheila Speaks, a podcast designed to empower, educate, inform, and impact you, your community, and life. She's the mother and of one son, Julian Michael, whom she adores and loves. She has many children, got children, and is a hand and and is a hands-on auntie. Sheila, thank you for being here. So this is a big question, Sheila. Why ending racism? How, how did this start it for you? Why why this very big conversation became a Sheila's purpose? How did this start it? Well, it really started, really, I was born into it. So my father, which you know, is a, was a minister. 
went to Morehouse College, went to school with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Otis Moss and Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays was his mentor, et cetera. So really around my kitchen table all my life, I've heard conversations about the civil rights movement, about making a difference, about equality and justice. So, you know, I was listening, listening, listening. And right after the pandemic, Giovanni, I had the privilege of being on the daily huddle. And I talked about, and you'll remember this, my defining moment when I really got what I was about and I was 11 years old. And really, and I shared at that time on the daily huddle, how when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. died, how that shaped how I began to listen, listen to what was actually happening in the world. And you and Sorrell will love this. I haven't been able to shake it since I did that conversation on the huddle. Wow. It was over a year ago. So I've done, you know, created some other projects, done some other things with my company, but this ending racism really kept coming up, especially after George Floyd. But what really snagged me and pulled me in was when we started talking about voting rights again. I'm like, again? I've been hearing about voting rights since I was three years old, since I could comprehend language. That's what they were, like, I'm not gonna say how old I am, but really, are we still having this conversation? So something shifted in um, what God started, I say, channeling through me. And I kept trying to give it another name and make it nice and, you know, tie a bow on it, but it was just ending racism, like stop it already. So I'm gonna create with you this morning. First of all, let's look at, you know, what is racism? Is prejudice, discrimination or antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership and their ethnic group? So in this case, you know, I like to call us and refer to us as blacks. Some people like African-American, et cetera. And then let's look at slavery, which this country was birthed on. The state of being a slave, a condition compared to that of a slave in respect of exhausting labor and restricted freedom. And that's not just labor, exhausting, which we didn't get paid. And that's what the country was built on. So I wanna really create this because I now have a program that I'm launching in January around, this is a quote from our dear friend, attorney Rita Williams, one race, the human race, no subtitles, please. So for me, it's a conversation whose time has come. And sometimes I don't think we can really, we've gotten resigned and cynical that, we, that racism can end, but it in fact can. I am that it can. And I do know we all have a say in shifting the trajectory of race in America in the pursuit for systemic equality. So if you look after so many incidents over the years of police brutality, crime, voting rights, unfair housing, economic disparity and more, I began to wonder what are we missing? What is it here? Not what's wrong, literally 
why is America, particularly blacks and whites, why are our, is our foot so nailed to the ground here? And here's what I discovered. And I'll share with you what I created from it. One, we never connected the relevance of the past and how it shaped, influenced, and created how we live in America today, which includes the education system, poverty, family, community structure, housing, economic disparity, and more. We never connected that. I am that we, my assertion is. Then this is a big one. There's never, there's not been any atonement, acknowledgement, compensation, reconciliation, not just for the impact on blacks, but the impacts on whites inside the creation of this country. America got built on top of anger, frustration, disregard for human life, acceptance of inhumane treatment, and actually a war, the civil war that was fought on this soil. The impact of all of that and fallout, in my opinion, has never been distinguished. The acknowledgement and compensation for our contribution to the building of this country, specifically the South, has not been done. And there's been no healing, no reconciliation, reparations, by the way, because we worked 300 years pretty much for free. Reparations nor forgiveness to any of it. So here's what Sheila James is saying. We're gonna take slavery apart. We're gonna go back to the Genesis, like what got built. And, and then here's the thing, what we're all inside of now is the world that has ensued in the absence of this, of that reconciliation, that healing, the process, and then able to create something new versus you know, icing on a mud pie. See, when you keep talking about the same thing over and over, it means that you haven't gotten to the source of something. You're not the source of it. And, and, and you haven't gotten to the root cause. It's like when, you, when a scientist discovers something and they get to the root cause, a new world emerges, a new vision. Polio gets impacted. This gets it. We haven't gotten to the root cause of the behavior. And what's most important, the world that has ensued. So, you know, I'm speaking to it from my program because we do make a promise that we're gonna have a freedom and connection to all people who make up this country that has never been experienced. An ownership of America that acknowledges and recognizes our Blacks contribution that is not just black history, but the history. We're part of the history of this country, which includes our contribution, sacrifice, suffering, our healing, our accomplishments, our greatness, and so much more. Unconcealing just the hidden impact. It's like hidden some of it. Some of it's right there in front of us, but really unconcealing the hidden impact the slavery, 
and all that it includes has had on all of us. And then discover the connectedness of how we currently operate from slavery, what got created in slavery, the justice system, uh, systemic racism, our education, poverty. And you'll actually see where our feet and our heels of America are dug in. And once you can see that, you can begin the process to transform, not fix or change it, to make a new way, create it together in which we can actually exist. In other words, we're gonna confront in its totality what's been unconfrontable. This was not a nice period of time in life. Then we can begin to execute America's pro uh, promise. One nation under God with liberty and justice for all, the pledge of part of the Pledge of Allegiance. So what I'm saying, there'll be a renaissance of love, connection, community, and then the unknown. Because when you get to something, nothing, just like a painter, when they have a blank canvas, when you get to nothing, you can create anything. So that is my conversation for you this morning. Mm. And, and the other piece you can do, I do want to add this, is create a vision, a new vision. You know, business and organizations talk, talk about vision. But if you listen to, this is a political period. I don't know if there's ever not a political period. But you rarely hear, I've just started to hear a little vision in some of the people running for office, all right? I'm not gonna be partial this morning, so I won't call names, but shout out to my queen. But in a vision, you have an ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. With a vision you can imagine. And see right now, mostly how we're, it's playing out is complaints, murder, crime, more this, not that. Nothing created inside of who God would have us all to be. So that is what I have this morning about why in racism. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you for tackling this on and, um, and creating a context for today's conversation and for the rest of our life, for the rest of your life, I suppose, given the complexity of the possibility of this conversation. I wanted to uh, get your thoughts as I was taking notes in what you were creating and, and what your entire life has been, like you said, built around this, 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 uh, mm -hmm. this strength, if you will, this, this unbelievable strength in self and character to shift the conversation of an entire nation to not step over something, to not tolerate something, but to create a shift. And, um, and certainly for a young generation like myself, we get to enjoy what your father did, what Martin Luther King did, what you did. And gosh, you build a whole community so that a Hispanic man could actually speak to you in the way I do, right? Yeah. So I am, so I am um, a product in many ways of this, of, of the work of, thousands of people to shift the conversation and how in where you where we find ourselves which this conversation is really relevant and where you are now 
how do you how do you see the possibility of tackling what what many of us can really stand on the progress that your father you know that the whole community did where where a lot of people stand on that and then there is what you're also creating in today's conversation which is wait but there is more that there's more to um, uncover here and the, this two schools of thoughts if you will sort of right now i see in the in the society they're sort of uh like pulling away like no 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 we we're past going back to so much pain let's build on top of that and some are saying no wait we can't quite build on top of that yet how do you how do you see this what um wow that was a lot but thank you well you're right we can't if we could build on top of it we wouldn't have the anger and the experience and the frustration now, let me just go back before I really tackle what you said. I'm not dismissing the accomplishments and the miracles and the breakthrough and the positioning we now have to really impact this conversation. But how I see this happening, one, like I said, I've created a five weekend program and then we'll add another three weekends once we get to the forgiveness, the healing, the anger, the atonement, the acknowledgement. We can't step over that. And see, that is why history, the 30 days doesn't do, you can't talk about what we did with 30 days, how dare you? For me, it's an insult because it's not, there's so much not included in our history books. Giovanni, I'm gonna tell you, when you get to the bottom and you and I know how to do that, when you drill down to get to the bottom of something, you see everything. I'm seeing and finding out things I never knew. And I mm -hmm. thought I knew my history, mm -hmm. you know, but things I never knew and how it connects. But that missing link has been how the laws, the education system was created pretty much by nine governors of the South and the nine governors, all right? Mm -hmm. To continue to suppress us. Now, I'm not making that right, wrong, good or bad. That's just what happens and you'll see it. Mm -hmm. And when you see it, you'll see the parallel in a lot of the things we deal with now <laughs> in 400 years is, it's not that big of a difference. I mean, like, so, go ahead. I was just kind of present to something, Sheila, in this program, what, what I hear that really excites me. It's a program that will give me the tools and the abilities and the capacity to be a leader that can end racism. Like the, the new generation of leaders that can that can, Im I don't know what the right word is, embrace what has been incomplete and allow and have the tools to heal what hasn't been healed? You said it so, you know, you really got what I'm creating here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And this generation who I admire so much, their energy, their tenacity, their boldness, you know, people are, there's so much, interracial marriage, 
business partners. The possibilities are unlimited, right? But at the same time though, that foundation is not solid. It's still rocky, like an earthquake waiting to happen. And sometimes it does happen. You know, if you no, even, I, and, and the privilege, like, I'm gonna say one thing, like if you look right now in the news, who else gets to, I'm gonna just say it straight, darn it, this is the daily huddle. What black man in America can say, wait, I don't, I, I can't come to court now. I'm gonna make a request of the judge that I come and talk to you after my campaign. <laughs> we don't get to, you can do it. But I can tell you the answer is no before you ask. There's so much arrogance and that it's really even for them a blind spot. Mm. They don't see it because they don't get it was you you didn't even invent this. It was already here. You know, you know, Sheila, something I'm, I want to share with you in this context of developing a new muscle to be a leader in this generation to end racism, if you will. Uh, not long ago, um, Colombia went through elections and they were shifting the, if you will, the, the, the thing, uh, Colombia is with the new president, they made a shift in, um, in, the, in the, uh, the ideas that have been in power in, in the context of Marxism and capitalism. Or, and mm -hmm. so the, the new president is more Marx, Marxist, if you will, a little more left, if you will. Uh, based on his history, uh, not quite radical, just a little more. And in my view, and his vice president is an, a black woman from the from the coast. Mm. And um, and the people of my, my generation, I was celebrating that. Like we were like we were excited about that. Like yeah. what? I mean, we never saw that coming. Mm. And she's uh, her, she was a maid for, for you know her family was maids and she happened to work for a, a lawyer and the lawyer helped her to get to school and she eventually you know got out of that the, the economic system that she was in and then now she's the vice president and there was a huge movement from the younger generation to celebrate that possibility and anyway they they did get to the office and as I was speaking to an older generation. Um, and sort of sharing my, my celebration. Like, I was really happy for this, this, this mm -hmm. shift in, in thinking. Uh, the older generation were not happy. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I got curious, why not? Why are you not, not happy? How, how, how could you not be happy to see this shift in, in thinking and voting uh, pattern? And the, the person said, um, I don't think a black person has um, influence in the global stage the way we need it. And, and I thought, I wanted to choke the person. Like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, right? right? So I got like really upset and I wanted to build myself and you know arm myself and go back as strong as I can to diminish that thought. But then I thought, no, wait, I can actually see if I can capture this worldview and control the way I usually would debate something and keep discovering where did you get that from so that I can in some degree break up what the hell just came out of that person's mouth. And so it, I did. So that person completely um, 
change the worldview, apologize. What did I just say? It was insane. Mm. But I couldn't have done it without the years and years of working on there in some degree, it was working within you sharing with so many of us. I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have had the strength to not just simply create more of the chaos and yeah. upset. So I'm present to that right now, Sheila, and it's just like real example of what happened not like not that long ago. Yes, very good. Is there anybody else? Maybe we have time for one question or a comment, etc. Anybody with anything? Yes, thank you, Sheila. Yes. So um Stacy, what are what are your thoughts over there? What are you thinking? What's what's your worldview over there from this conversation? Well, oh my goodness. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. It, it would take more than a minute. Um, I will, I will say some things really quickly though. I definitely, um, have questions about, it seems like, um, we're still asking to be tolerated. Um, and I'm always concerned about that. Um, I believe that the whiteness of classification, the whiteness as a classification needs to be confronted by white people. That's an identity that they will have to let go of. Um, in order for anything to change. Um, and I also believe that the oppressed people of the, um, the uh, oppressed nations need to develop a philosophy like white supremacy is a philosophy that's backed by a system called racism. Um, and the oppressed people of the world need the philosophy that develops into a system of governance. And um, there are movements right now that are looking at the forward progressions of, of, of oppressed peoples, like systems or movements like Afrofuturism, um, indigenous futurisms that uh, are developing philosophies and theories around what equitable and liberated futures look like. And I'm reminded of Malcolm X's 1964 uh, Ballad of the Bullet speech, where he talks about America has never had a bloodless revolution, but for the first time in American history, there's an opportunity for a bloodless revolution simply by giving the black man everything that's due him, <laughs> right? And that he was talking about sovereign space in order to self-govern, right? And I believe that connected to that is the fear of retaliation from, from black people specifically, you know? And I always like to remind folks that black people ain't got the time to be thinking about getting revenge on white folks. We just wanna be left alone to self-govern and grow our futures that we imagine. Um, and I think that is for all oppressed people. Those are some, those are, uh, those are comments, but they're really in the form of giant questions. Yeah, I hear a lot of questions in there. And I will say this, this will begin to give us the access to that. Because again, the part that's never been dealt with is all the incompletions, atonement, no acknowledgement. I mean, even if you look at our history, it's, what do they say at the Waffle House? Scattered, smothered, and covered. You can hardly find it. It's everywhere. And I mean, I'm telling you, I'm doing some work that it takes me over. I can only do it a few days, then I have to stop. I'm like, oh my God, like what's being unconcealed? So what I love what you're saying, Stacy, and this is the opportunity to impact all of what you said and being the source and at the source. And here's one of my quotes I created. And I guess it's about time for me to wrap it up, Giovanni, is if Perfect. you don't get to the source of the disease or issue, 
You cannot heal, disappear, nor impact it. Sheila James, and I'm gonna say that again. If you don't get to the source of the disease or issue, you cannot heal, disappear, nor impact it. And I say that um, because it's why we keep repeating it. Why I'm hearing what I heard at three years old at a little 60 plus, okay? So that's that's really, I love what you said, Stacy, and I, I wish we had time for more, but you know, just really thank you, Giovanni and Sorrell, for the opportunity here today to start this conversation. I love it, Sheila. Thank you, Stacy. That was so great, so intellectual, so loving at the same time. I love it. Sheila, this is the beginning of many conversations. Thank you for taking the courage and the time, for having the courage and taking the time to create this conversation with us. I absolutely love it. Thank you all for being here. I love you. Sorrel loves you more. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. At The Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give our very best each day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, Stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss that stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back. You will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, and your actions. Power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. Until next time, 